This is Average Joe Rock and Roll. I am Michael J. Rock, and I am joined today by Ralph, who is a uh, part-time DJ and a full-time cool dude. Hey, Ralph, how are you? I'm well. How are you today, Michael? Good, thanks. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, no problem. So, so we were chatting a little bit before uh, we started uh, recording the show, and uh, you were talking about, um, you know, a little bit of your history and, um, you know, what uh, has fueled you uh, over the years. Um, so, you know, if you want to briefly go back through that a little bit, um, just to get some context on um, who you are and, and what you love. Okay. Well, uh, my name's Ralph Molinario. I do a, a, a weekly bluegrass show for WFVR in South Royalton, Vermont. And uh, it's WFVR.org. And uh, I've been doing it for about four years now. And uh, But like you said, bluegrass isn't kind of uh, not, not your uh, expertise, but it is mine. But I've had a rock and roll background for years. You know, I'm uh, almost 70. So uh, I, I grew up in a great era for rock and roll music. I'm telling you, I've, I've seen many, many shows. I'm from the Boston area. I'm from Brockton, Massachusetts, originally. And uh, I, I've been to hundreds and hundreds of shows uh every, my first grateful dead show you know with your background there my first grateful dead show was 1973 i believe at the boston garden and okay. uh yeah and uh and of course i've seen them many 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 times after that and uh that was kind of that was kind of my initiation into that into the grateful dead stuff but i mean i was i was just into rock and roll from the time i could listen to it <laughs> You know the Beatles and and everything. And, so, would you uh, say the Grateful Dead was the first band that you you fell fell in love with? Um, no, that would have to be the Beatles. You know, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. they first, I remember when they fired the Ed Sullivan show when they first came out, and you know, along with the rest of the company, we got got hooked. Country got hooked on the Beatles, you know, and then the Beatles and the Stones and everybody else that came through led, led Zeppelin, you, you know, that whole, that whole era. And, uh, sure. And then the great, and then the grateful dead came along and that took me in another direction. And, uh, and of course when Jerry Garcia was in a band called Olden in the way, uh, in the early seventies, along with Vassa Clements and Peter Rowan and, uh, John Kahn and uh, David Grisman, that sound really attracted me. It was, uh, you know, something about, well, I was attracted to the banjo sound, even, you know, with, uh, even before with Flat and Scruggs, uh, you know, the Beverly Hillbillies. That was every first time I heard <laughs> the Beverly okay. Hillbillies, you know, that kind of caught me, you know, and, uh, and I got interested in that. And then I, in the early 70s, I started going to bluegrass festivals over in New York State. It was called the Berkshire Mountain Festival back then and uh used to go to that and it was a relatively small venue and and uh it just it's been growing it's been 47 years now that that uh that festival has changed names several times but uh it's called the gray fox bluegrass festival now and uh after 47 years of going to that uh i finally got a chance to mc uh one of the main stages there which was a great thrill for me this past uh this past summer I bet. So, uh, Sounds like a dream come true. Oh, it was great. It was great. Uh, and, and then uh, the week after that, I went to the Podunk Bluegrass Festival, which was down in Goshen, Connecticut, and I emceed all three nights there. 
and uh and that was great too because it was all all the bands that i really enjoy recently the ones i play on my radio show quite often and it's always great to meet those people that are you know that are uh, so talented especially the younger the younger bands that are out there now uh the old school uh bluegrass guys are all kind of dying off you know it's yeah yeah there's a lot of bobby osborne and uh People like that that are, are that were the, kind of the first wave of uh, bluegrass back in the '40s and '50s, uh, along with Gold Monroe. But there's a whole new uh, a whole new generation that's carrying the torch. Absolutely, whole new generation. I've been like I said, I when I go, I've been going to this festival for like almost 50 years now, and I've seen generations of kids growing up. They have a kids academy that they um, they have the kids learn bluegrass and it's a it's a wonderful thing to see these young people take up a you know taking up music period but but doing it in a in a in a kind of a bluegrassy um natural way and uh, these kids grow up with being there every summer and they just it just gets to be part of their lives and a lot of them carry on the uh carry on the tradition and then they change it too is they they add their all their other influences rock and jazz and even rap and ska and all that stuff some of that gets thrown right into the mix and uh it changes the it changes the face of it but it yeah but the base of it's pretty much the same yeah it's uh it's amazing how that happens when um you know different styles and different influences and stuff kind of uh you know turn into something new and you know you can call it a subgenre or whatever but you know it happens throughout all the different genres of music um, you know, I think about a band like Dave Matthews band, you know, Dave Matthews band never really sounded like anybody else. And, um, right. you know, when you, when you listen to interviews with those guys, they all came up with different musical backgrounds. So when you yep. got that many guys, eight or nine guys that all come together and put something together when they all have different musical backgrounds, that's what you get for a sound. Exactly. You get a good blend of that. Well, yep. Matthews is a good example. Jeff Coffin who plays these, uh, you know, it's the wind instruments there. He plays sax, the double saxophones. I don't know if yep, you've ever seen Yep, yep. Um, But he, he was with Bela Fleck. Sure. Fleck, you know, yep. so he, so there's a cross, a cross right there. Uh, Future Man, the drummer in Bela Fleck's uh, band, I saw him in a jazz uh, ensemble in uh, Brattleboro, at the Brattleboro uh, Jazz Place down there. And uh, it was amazing. I mean, I, I mean just... It, it, the talent that that these guys bring to the bring to the table is uh is quite remarkable and that's what keeps me focused that that's what keeps me involved in the music is that the uh the, the talent especially even local talent you know here in Vermont it's a, it's it's amazing the amount of great musicians we have in the state and, absolutely uh, yeah 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 a lot of yeah. them highly underrated for sure yes yes yeah and uh but new england but uh the New England bluegrass scene is really kind of cool. I mean, my my friend uh, Jim Rooney, who's a uh, who's on my uh, on the same station as I, he's a he's a Grammy winning producer, you know, and uh, he he produces John Prine's albums and Hal Ketchum, and uh, he started Lyle Lovett's career, and and other you know uh, I can I can name drop all day, <laughs> but he but he really. Uh, he's helped these people out and he's been a good friend of mine for the last few last five years. And he's helped me out uh, with making good contacts in the bluegrass world and in the music world in general. And uh, he's doing his last 
show. He he was in a band called uh, Jim Rooney and his Irregulars. Okay. And the Irregulars were a mix of people everywhere from John Prine to Nancy Griffith, uh, Sam Bush, Tim O'Brien, Jerry Douglas, all these guys, Sean Camp, who are all... Uh, May not mean anything to you, being not 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 being into the bluegrass world, but they're, they're you might as well say Mick Jagger and <laughs> you know you know that that type of top quality. Sure. And he's doing his last show in Nashville on October fourth, and he's done so much for me, I just couldn't not not be there. So I booked a flight down to go see the show down in uh thing with Sam Bush and Tim O'Brien and all these great people that are going to be with him. So it's going to be his last time doing it and uh it's gonna be a real honor to be there with him yeah that's great um kind of a bittersweet experience yeah absolutely he's 86 yeah. years old and uh just uh, you know and still going strong and he used to like i said he used to tour with bill keith the um innovative banjo player who passed a couple of years ago when peter rowan uh peter rowan was fairly well known throughout the music world ago so he was like i said he was an old and in the way and he's been having an amazing uh recent tour around he just played at the zen barn over in uh waterbury the other day with some other friends uh, from beg steel Barrow, which is another bluegrass band from vermont yeah uh, yeah i i uh, love i love finding out about these these little shows where you got these big people and, and people don't recognize the name and you show up and there's like eight people there i mean that's a you know that's a great great experience very intimate Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I live in Randolph. And we have a great theater, the Randolph, uh, you know, uh, the Chandler Music Hall, and it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful venue. We used to uh, my band Second Wind back in the day when uh, before Chandler got their uh, sound system in, we, they used to use our band's sound system to do performances, and so I was there setting up with uh, when Leo Kotke played there, and and uh, Vasa Clements, who was in uh, in the band, and I, I got to got to meet a lot of people through there. Olive Guthrie was up there one time. <laughs> yeah. uh, he, was a, he was a ticket. I remember talking to him in the green room at a right before a show, and it was in November. And of course, I said, "So Olive is uh, we were talking in the green. It was just him and I." And I said, "Olive, are you gonna?" play alice's restaurant and he goes well that song has made me a lot of money <laughs> so so he went in, of course he did do it and uh but it, it, was, it was experiences like that that keep me involved in the music scene you know i, I just love talking to the because they're just people like us sure you know yeah and, yep. uh, they just seem to be able to take their talents and project it out to people and uh get them hooked yeah, yeah. I, I think I think the the people that have staying power, it's because they're able to set that ego aside. You know, the ones that implode are the the egomaniacs. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and you don't find that in bluegrass music at all. They, they're yeah. uh, they're very down to earth people. From uh, you know, like I said, I, I met met up with Jerry Douglas this past year at the Gray Fox Festival, and uh, he's I mean, he's probably the most recorded instrumentalist ever. You know, he's on thousands of albums and you know people you probably heard him before but you don't know it it's sure. one of those but uh he's he's a force in uh music for sure so you mentioned your band second wind um and i did actually get a chance to listen to a little bit of that because uh um I, you know i've got a streaming service and, and some of that was on there um you know i'm not a bluegrass fan but what i what i heard sounded good um, well that that's not we don't consider my 
that particular band is not bluegrass. I can, I, I can kind of qualify that. It's not really bluegrass. It's more, I guess you'd have to say it's Americana or roots okay. music. Okay. And yep. our, our, my bass player, Eric Sakai, um, has written probably 80, 80 to 90% of the tunes on yep. that album. And uh, Jim Sardonis, who's the uh, who's our lead singer and uh, rhythm guitar player, he's the guy that sculpted the whale tails that are up at uh, 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 here in Randolph and the ones up in Williston. Okay, world renowned sculptor. That's his claim to fame. Okay. Um, uh, so, any uh, any chance of any future uh, second win uh, shows, or are you guys? We're we're. Um... We're probably going to do some more recording. There's some, there's some, uh, some songs in the, uh, in the coffer here that we're going to try to put out. But uh, this has been, it's been a rough win uh, summer. We, we, we had a couple of outdoor gigs that were scheduled, and of course, the summer have, you know, it rained every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, like it rained every day. But uh, we're not going to probably uh, play. We're taking a little of a bit of a sabbatical right now, just to. Uh, gather our gather our thoughts and uh see if we're going to keep playing out we've, we've had uh, uh like i said Sark, my friend uh jim sardonis the sculptor he's up in his place up in nova scotia for the rest of the summer and okay. he'll be back in september so we'll we'll get back together and start practicing again and we'll make a decision on whether we're going to continue to play out anymore okay um so you know like i said i earlier you know i my main genre is rock and roll. Um, now that being said, obviously, you know, if I hear something that sounds good, I don't pigeonhole myself and say, well, I can't listen to that because it's not my right. genre. You know, if it sounds no. good to me, it sounds good to me. So Absolutely. for a guy like me, who's entrenched in rock and roll um, to become a bluegrass fan, what, what band would you have me listen to first? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, good question. Um, I, I guess uh, it, like I said, what started me off, I mean, if you get some guys like Jerry Garcia, if you're, if you're dead, have you, are you familiar with Olden and the Way? No. Okay. Well, if you look up Olden and the Way, that's a good, that, that has Jerry Garcia, like I said, and, and Vassa Clemens, who's an amazing fiddle player that uh, we lost a few years back. He was a, he was a friend of mine. Um, you listen to them then then if you want to listen to some new new type of bluegrass there's there's just tons there's a there's a band called authentic unlimited uh there's steep canyon rangers there's i could go on and on and on i fill my shows with mostly bluegrass and americana yeah type of uh it's called backroads bluegrass and beyond so i do go a little bit beyond the genre and, uh, and like i like i love the subdudes of another band called the subdudes or uh, or the wood brothers or another uh, band. Uh, uh, like I said, I, I I could. Well, hold on. Let me let me see if I can grab a grab a set list from one of my shows. That might that, that might give you an idea. Uh, like uh, there's a there's a new young band called Serene Green that has a that there are a bunch of kids from Pennsylvania that are um, some of them are Berkeley graduates, Berkeley students. Okay. You know, Berkeley music. Berkeley School of Music has has it now has a a bluegrass uh, training you know bluegrass classes yeah and which it never did before it was always jazz I had a good friend of mine that was a jazz guitar teacher at Berkeley and uh, but but bluegrass has really kind of taken on a new uh, a, a new uh, thing the Gibson Brothers are another one that uh, they're from upstate New York. Can I go by in it? 
I just heard some other voice. Uh, anyway, uh, let's, let's see. Uh, there's there's a there's a real uh, there's a young band that's called the Poor Ramblin' Boys that are, that are C.J. Lewandowski and uh, a bunch of people that are uh, in that band. They're they're just they're, they're kind of like the old. They're new, but they're old. They had like use the, wear the old style uniform or not uniforms, but outfits that uh you know like they did back in the uh, back in the days of. Uh, the early bluegrass stuff so a lot of young people are trying to bring back the old stuff but put their own spin on it yeah yeah i'll have to give those bands a listen um yeah, i mean i can send you i, I can send you a list there's, there's tons uh yeah that'd be great and, and uh and let's see this like there's Danny Paisley. There's a lot of guys at the IBMA which is the international uh, music blue uh, bluegrass association um they have awards every year just like grammys and things like that and they they always pick people out of their you know the best of the best in that and you know my friend danny paisley is one of the male vocalists of the year three times in a row you know he gets keeps getting nominated and, and ends up winning he he tied with del mccurry one time del mccurry band is another one that uh, goes out uh, del mccurry actually his this his sons have uh, the traveling McCurries, which is basically them with another guitar player, and Dad kind of stays out of it. It's just the kids okay. do it, and they they cover a lot of Grateful Dead stuff, you know, and and uh, it, it mixes it mixes the genres in quite well with the younger bands. Yeah, um, so I recently uh, uh, saw an interview with with Sammy Hagar. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with Sammy Hagar, and he talked about his son Aaron, and his son Aaron is, is breaking in. Um, to the to the business and he was talking about how um as his son people automatically assume that he's got an in and that he's you know uh gonna be instantly famous because of his dad you know and he's he's had to climb up just like everybody else um it's not what yeah, no, people think well that's true that, that's true and uh a lot of things in acting what do they what do they call them um nepi nepi babies right yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. The nappy babies that are just because their parents are involved in, in the acting or any part of the arts where uh, their kid takes an interest in it says ah they you know they got an end you know but they have to still prove themselves absolutely they, absolutely you, know, you could be the son of a you know of a great artist and then suck at what you do <laughs> 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 absolutely no kidding yeah and that and that would drag down your your parent <laughs> I guess but, yeah yeah but it, like there's enough there's enough people out there that you know you don't need to have uh, you know your parents don't need to be superstars they do, you know if, if uh, especially in the the, the, the day of uh, the days of um, YouTube and all this other stuff where young people can learn how to play their instruments or learn the music by watching YouTube I know back in my day you used to have to take records and slow them down and yeah um, you know, kind of gold old school, old school and read music. My God, you have to read music <laughs> to to play what you want to do. But uh, nowadays, it's you know these kids can. Uh, I'm not saying they have it easy. You have to have a raw talent to begin with. Yeah. But uh, it helps to be able to see and hear what the artists are doing, so you can pick up on it. Well, you've got to have you've got to have that raw talent. You also have to have the drive. Because a lot of these yep. guys that got where they are, it's because they practiced, you know, 13, 14, 15 yep. hours a day. It never took a day yep. off. Yep. Uh, kind yep. of became recluses, you know, hid themselves in their basements or wherever, you know, and and that yep. was the product. 
Yep. Yeah. There's a uh, Leo Conkey told me one time says that that when when somebody is as talented as you know you have these people that are like super super talented musicians, it, it leaves a hole somewhere else in them. <laughs> yeah. You know you you know there's there's this that's why a lot of these super talented people have some sort of you know not a disability but they they're lacking in different areas where you know they'd say somebody's a genius but they can't tie their shoes or something you know, <laughs> yeah 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 no for sure um you know some of them very socially awkward um, yeah exactly yeah yeah for sure um but that's how they got where they are that's you know um yeah, and, and i'm and i'm who am i to stop them? <laughs> but, but the reality is is that you know i mean even outside of music you know people that have obsessions they have obsessions and yeah. you know, sometimes yeah. there are time-consuming obsessions and, you know, everything else does kind of take the back burner. Yep. And things fall by the wayside, yeah. like marriages, relationships and friends and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, uh, but, but in the long run, you, uh, I think most people that are out there in the world making music uh, do it for their own reasons. And and uh, and a lot of times we're, you know, as a listening public, we're uh, we're happy that they do. Yeah. 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 So, do you have any uh, uh, big passions outside of music? Um, I'm I'm a photographer. I've been okay doing for years. Like I said, I'm a retired, uh, semi-retired electrician. Okay, I still uh, I still do that. I, as a matter of fact, I'm I'm uh, planning a trip. I think I told you to Nashville in October, and uh, that's and it's, believe it or not, it's my first time ever in Nashville, and uh, you know, seeing that's kind of the birthplace of a lot of the where a lot of the music that I listen to comes from. And a lot of the recording studios are there. Uh, matter of fact, I'm going to go visit a uh, record, Dark Shadows, uh, Dark Shadow recording studio in Nashville. Uh, Steve Mosian, Steve and Yana Mosian. Steve's the uh, guitar player in the Sam Bush band. Okay. And he invited me down. I told, I told him I was coming. I was kind of we're kind of friends in the in the. Uh, and I told him I was coming to Nashville, and he says we'll have to plan a visit. So, and I'm I've, I've looked ahead. I got a couple of shows i'm going to be doing at some of the uh at some of the great places down there in nashville so um, i'm very excited to go yeah no, that so sounds like a great trip um i've never yeah. made it to Mash nashville myself i want to get down there because uh i know there's a ton of ton going on ton of history oh. and i love suck, yeah. sucking all that stuff in oh yeah 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 it's 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 gonna yeah. I, I have to prime you out of that place i think <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, uh, I feel the same way about Austin. You know, I've never been to Austin, and I'd love to go oh, there yeah. just for the yeah. history yeah, of the there Austin, as well. The Austin City yeah. Limits things. I've always wanted to go to those festivals and uh, or the, to the venue itself. But uh, yeah, like I said, uh, you're on the right path here as far as as you know. Music is all tied together. You know, we you know you, you do rock stuff and I do bluegrass, but there's a you know there's elements of all of that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the best thing for me about music is, is, you know, and I, I had mentioned this on one of my other podcasts that, um, you know, you take a bunch of people that are music fans and you put them all together and all of the politics and everything else that divides people just kind of goes away. Goes away. Yeah. And, and that's, what's wonderful about you. You're right. That happens in all genres of music. You, like I said, that's, and, and we need more of that. That's what we need more of. Absolutely. We need a lot more face-to-face -face talk with people and talk about the real things that are about you know and music's a great real thing to talk about i mean in bluegrass especially because it's a southern uh it's it's more it, it's kind of originated down south uh the politics 
gets it, it it's there but it's not present in the music for the, yes. for the most part it's a, a bluegrass music is a, and back in the old days it was it, it's actually kind of violent it's beautiful music but there's always a song about some guy killing his woman and throwing her into the river you know it's that and yeah it's, it's yeah. funny because when I was growing up, I, I, you know, I fell in love with music the first time I heard it, honestly, you know, and I, I listened to songs and I listened to music for years and I loved it and I'd go see the shows and I'd dissect the bands and learn who was what and so on and so forth like that. Right. But years later, I st actually started dissecting lyrics. I was yeah. like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> what were they trying that's to a say? little dar dark. <laughs> well, that's well, it, it's funny, Steve Martin, you know, the band, he, Steve Martin, the comedian, he, yeah. uh, I, 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 uh, I introduced the Steve Canyon Rangers uh, at the Podunk Festival a couple of weeks ago. And the Steve Canyon Rangers are the band that Steve Martin has three albums with. That was his backup band. And uh, I, I was supposed to introduce him. And I, I wanted to come out with an arrow through my head. I just really wanted to do that. <laughs> but uh <laughs> But it ended up that we didn't get a, we didn't I didn't get a chance to introduce them on the main stage because like all all summer long, we've had thunderstorms. So they ended up coming inside a small little venue, uh, a small little welcome center that we had there at the at the at the festival, and they did a short uh, and they, and then they did an acoustic set that was very you know very personal and That's uh, great. very yeah very intimate thing. And I did get a chance to introduce. They actually introduced me to introduce them. Okay. <laughs> I didn't get that. I didn't get a chance to get there as right as the show started. I was running between stages. Yeah, and so it, it was cool. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a very memorable uh, time. Yeah. So unfortunately, Ralph, we are running out of time here. Oh no uh, problem. I, 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 yeah. I hope you got a chance to cover some of what I what I'm into here. And... Yeah, yeah. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, you know, I, I stepped out of my comfort zone a little bit, but it's good for me because I, you know, like I said, I don't like to pigeonhole myself too much. I like to branch out a little bit. Um, well, you gave I'll, me some great stuff to listen to. Um, I'll, I'll send you some emails too about about some other bands, like some jam bands that you know a lot of, a lot of your rock folks might like. You know, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah no. all those big you know jam band guys. Yeah, no, I truly appreciate that. Um, so again, thanks for coming on. Um, and with that, um, I am Michael J. Rock. I am a music fan. Enough said. Thank you, Ralph. All right. Take care now.